0: The Morning Spotlight podcast is sponsored by Fidelity National Title Group, the nation's largest group of title companies and title insurance underwriters that collectively issue more title insurance policies than any other title company in the United States. If you have questions, need a quote, or want to place an order, shoot yours truly, the coolest guy in title insurance, an email, and I'll be happy to help. Check the show notes for my email address. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Spotlight podcast. I'm your host Mike Cam coming to you as always from the Spotlight Studios here in Morristown, New Jersey. My guest today is one of the millions of super fans who credits James Taylor with turning her life around. As a latchkey teen in the 1970s, she was lured into a cult until the music and lyrics of James Taylor spoke to her soul and she felt understood. However, her story is not unique. In 2015, she created a Facebook page, Life with James Taylor, to connect with fans and share stories. She began collecting stories from fans around the world and created That's Why We're Here, stories from passionate James Taylor fans to share these heartfelt stories She's also the author and founder of Yogic Writing, a practice that utilizes the philosophies and disciplines of yoga, meditation, and journaling to help writers of all levels heal, reveal, and leave a legacy through writing life stories. She is Rebecca Gold. Rebecca, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for having
0: me. I'm excited to have you. So I think we were talking about this before. This is going to be a very unique episode for the morning spotlight <laughs> awesome. for sure which i always love because it's like a new thing and it's stuff a lot of stuff not everything i haven't talked before we've never talked about james mm-hmm. taylor just full disclosure um on this show <laughs> why, not? why I, not well i know but and also in full <laughs> disclosure this i mean i don't know if this is gonna rub you the wrong way but before i got on here i was like setting up everything getting my mics all together and my girlfriend's out in the other room i was like quick play some james taylor because like i just oh, need to great. remember you know like that's james great. taylor's song so um so yeah i mean like what Let, Let's talk about that. Let's talk, let's start with that. So what is let's behind the fascination behind, I, I would say, the original JT? I mean, everyone knows Justin Timberlake is the new JT, but I'm sure James Taylor is the original <laughs> JT.
1: Oh, my God. I give my kids shit about that all the time. <laughs> all the time when they go, my, you know, JT is Justin Timberlake. I'm like, no, no. So that's like a big no-no in our right. house. Yeah. Nobody is allowed to call anybody other than James Taylor uh, JT. So... So that's great. Yeah. I've been, um, you know, my, my family call me, calls me obsessed, but I don't think it's obsessed. I just think it's just a heartfelt uh, appreciation. And, um, and I say I do credit him for saving my life because it really was a terrible, very low point in my life. Um, when I was introduced just, you know, divinely magically to the James Taylor music. And, um, as you said in the intro, it was in the early seventies and things were a lot different then. And, um, yeah. And I was about 14 years old and my parents were going through a divorce. My mom had never, she was in an arranged Greek marriage, a homemaker, four kids had never been on her own before. My father left. Um, and my mom was like, Oh my God, there's a big world out there that I want to grab. So she, Became a teenager and um, and had teenagers to raise at the same time. Yeah. So we kind of were all in this teenager mode together in many ways and um, on our own. And I really was on my own. And in the 70s, it sounds like there was more of that, obviously, than there is today, I think. And we just did things without much, um, you know, without a lot of people looking after us. Right. And I got involved in some really terrible stuff because of that. Um, A lot of, you know, drugs and, and, um, I got involved with a man that was the leader of an Dam, the Adidam cult, which I didn't know it at the time. And he just kind of sucked us teenagers in and, and, you know, took advantage of the, the needing someone to talk to and be with. And, um, and it was really, really dangerous and scary and, I didn't know how to get out of it. And then one day in music class, I was in my music class and I went to school and I was really quiet, stood in the back of the room, you know, because I was in my own little messed up world. And the music, my music teacher, Mrs. Almita, comes flowing in, you know, with her guitar in her back and her embroidered shirt and skirt, you know, like all the hippies did. Right. And she's <laughs> like, oh, everybody, I want to introduce you to this new musician, James Taylor. And I didn't know who it was. And you know, the record player, you know, I know you're young, Mike, maybe you don't know what all this stuff looks like, but I can (laughs) still visualize the record, you know, the needle going down on the record player. And, um, and there begins this guitar intro and James Taylor singing fire and rain. And um, I had never heard of who he, I'd never heard of him. And she put the album cover up front and I heard this voice and the voice was like, Oh shit, who is that? And I just kind of made my way up to the front of the room And he started singing just yesterday morning. They let me know you were gone. Um, Suzanne, the plans I made put an end to you. And he starts singing this song. And I just like something about the words in the song, the emotions in the song, what he was singing about, just like broke me apart, just like broke me open. And I just started just just to cry. And everything that I had been going through was just like, oh, my God, he gets it. Somebody Mm. gets it. Right because in this cult experience we were told very you know succinctly and strongly that we were not allowed to talk about it with anybody what was going on behind closed doors and and i'm like he gets it he gets how lonely i am how abandoned i feel how depressed i am he got all of it so i went home you know i went to the music store um, I said to the owner of the music store, it's called the music box, and I said, Can you tell me anything about James Taylor? And he's like, Well, have you been hiding under a rock? You know, of course I know James Taylor. Like, yeah, where right. have you been? So he digs out these records and I'm like, I don't have any money, but I need to listen to more. And he gave me Sweet Baby James to take home with me. Okay. And I, I took it home and I listened to every freaking song on that record like a gazillion times. And I really felt like, okay, somebody gets it. I'm not alone. I can get through this. Um, I can get out of this. And I just started writing everything in my journal, everything, everything, everything that was going on that I wasn't supposed to tell anybody. Right. And, um, and I just kept writing it and writing it and writing it. And I left it open on the living room table in hopes that when my mom came home, because she was bartending and waitressing and out partying, you know, yeah. um, I was hoping that when she came home, she would read it. And she did. And she read it the next day and she was like, oh shit, there's something bad going on here. And to make a long story short, she helped me get the help that I needed at that point to be able to, um, to get out of that really bad situation and, and get the help and, and be okay. Yeah. And, and James Taylor from that point on was just like my therapist, (laughs) you know, it's like, every album that would come out I'm like okay where's my song James and I would look and I would listen to the song oh thank you that one's for me yeah yeah, yeah. and um it was just a really it was just that deep of a connection and um I've seen him in concert probably close to 80 times by now okay. and ever yeah and He's a really, really generous performer and at half at the intermission and at the end of the show, he always comes out and shakes hands with his fans and takes pictures and except this year because of COVID he doesn't. Um, So I have selfies with him and I thanked him a gazillion times. And every time I go to concerts, I meet other people and I'm like, you love James, you love James and we share stories. And I'm not the only lunatic on there (laughs) that he has, he has touched to that you know, it's kind of like the Grateful Dead and the Deadheads, you know, they're all there and and they're all one in the same. Right. But this, this is different because it's just like, oh my God, he saved me, you know, and, and James is a recovering addict. So a lot of people are there too. That says he helped me with my recovery and, or he helped me through my divorce or he helped me with the death of whatever. I mean, his songs are really, really deep and touching. So, so that's, that's it in the long, you know, and no, I, I just really felt like I needed to share it.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I think that that's something that's so cool because I feel like we've talked about a lot of different things on this show over the lifespan of it, you know, going on a year and a half mm-hmm. now. And I think one of the things that I always love to hear is like people's passions about certain things. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what it is, you know, like we had a guy on here, you know, several weeks ago, and he was talking about his passion for like, fandom and comic books and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's not really up my alley. But then we started talking about it. I'm like, Oh, this is like, so interesting. And Mm -hmm. so cool about how he got himself to that point. And this is very similar. You know, obviously, you have like a a terrible Mm -hmm. life experience. And you find something that is able to kind of pull you out of that. And now, you know, you look like you got yourself together right now and it sounds like (laughs) you do. So that's good. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. One of the questions that I did have over the course of that story is the idea that, like, you know, you write all the stuff down that you weren't supposed to talk about and you leave it for your mom to read. Was that difficult? Was she like the closest one to you at that point that you thought you could talk to? just because it was kind of like you said at the beginning, it was like a lot of, you know, she became a teenager again. And it was Mm -hmm. just a lot of teenagers just trying to like figure life out. Or is that just like the closest person you'd be like, here is like a a Hail Mary, like here, like, let's, let's try Mm -hmm.
1: this. Yeah, that's a great question. I really feel like I mean, we say and my mom talks about it, you know, she's 81 years old right now. And she knows about that period of time in her life. And she talks about it very openly. And um, so it's no secret that she was also exploring, you know, she married a man 20 years younger than her and then divorced and married another one. And like she was she was all of that. And, yeah. and but so we've talked about it and she owns it. But at the time, she was still my mom. Right. So it was still like I was still this 14 year old girl going, who can help me? Maybe my mom can. Yeah. So even though all of those other things were happening I knew at my core that my mother can help me. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I did leave that for her. And, right. and in the way, the way she helped me was, was really kind of fit in line with what was going on too. She like gave me money to go to a therapist and, or a psychologist, they called them in those days. And she gave me the money to go to a psychologist. I went once, but every week she gave me money and I went to the music store and I would buy more James Taylor records. You know, she had no idea what I was doing with the money, right. but it didn't matter. It right. didn't matter because you were she going to your me. therapy. Was I would to my therapy. Yeah. right. So yeah. she give me the money and and I would go buy more therapy. and um so, so the way she helped me was really just to to kick me off and or to kick me out of what was happening. Yeah. Like she didn't go to the police and she didn't go to his home. She didn't do any of those things that I'll tell you what, if my kid, did some you know, told me about something like that, that's the first thing that I would do. I would be like, all right, this guy's going down. Yeah, Yeah. right. But in but in those days it wasn't because the whole thing was like, oh shoot, you got messed up with that. Let's figure out how to how to get you feeling okay. Yeah. So it was more about how I could feel okay, not necessarily what they were doing.
0: Right. So let's talk about like the the comeback, right? Yeah. The comeback of Rebecca Gold. So like, you know, you have that happen you are basically doing your music therapy with James Taylor with the money that your mom gave her. Um, And if she listens to this, like we won't, we won't let her know. Uh, We won't tell her where her money was going, but uh, even though she probably knows by now, I would imagine. Oh yeah. But, uh, but so talk to me about like, you know, the kind of the comeback. Cause obviously as someone that's never been a part of a cult, I I would imagine that, you know, that kind of messes with your brain and how you perceive things. And I think that like, you know, kind of on the way back, was that difficult to kind of get yourself back like, I'm not going to say normal, but just kind of mm-hmm. like back on the right track?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, luckily, it wasn't like we weren't on our own in a different place. I mean, yeah. he, he was posing as a guitar teacher. Okay. So what I was was I was going to, quote unquote, guitar lessons. Got it. And I would go to these guitar lessons, which turned out to be parties and kind of like this um, you know, this indoctrination of Adi Dam and all of that. And so it was, it was kind of like, oh, she's going to guitar lessons and I would go once or twice a week. I would go on the weekends. I wasn't living there. So, so even though, yes, there was a lot of brain just, you know, um, messed up stuff going on. I could come home and I was still going to school and I was still, I didn't have many friends, but I did have some, a few friends. I couldn't talk to them about it. I did have a boyfriend. I brought my boyfriend to the the meeting one time. So he kind of saw what was going on. Yeah. Um and then he, and then he broke up with me because I think he scared the shit out of him. So, <laughs> so that really wasn't a very good, you know, plan. Yeah. But um, so yeah, but once once I knew that. And my mom confirmed that you are never going back there again. she She was pretty clear on that. Yeah, right. she did take on that mom role, and I knew I couldn't go back there again. Then, yeah, then I could get back into my school and my music, which was always really important to me and um and kind of get back into that, you know, as you say, quote unquote, normal life. Right. Um but I knew I had somebody that I could talk to about it and that I could relate to about it, even though I'd never met him. Um, but it was a feeling of, um, someone else has got my back on this yeah. and I was able to, you know, to kind of continue and, and finish school. And I was, I was always a good student. I was, always smart and, you know, and all of that. So I was able to kind of get back on a, on a path that was healthy for me.
0: Yeah. Which I think is great. And like you mentioned too, it's like, I think a lot of times when people are, um, you know, in like a bad place, whatever that bad place may come from. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel like you're kind of the only person that feels that way you know what I mean? Exactly. And then it just takes like one other person to be like, Hey, I feel how I feel mm-hmm. the same way. You know what I mean? That's you right. find like that that's connection right. and all of a sudden, not that it makes your problems feel like they're not really problems anymore, but it just kind of like takes that burden off you that you're the only one carrying this. Um, you know, and I think that that's awesome. So yeah. kind of as mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, the, the passion for James Taylor mm-hmm. and, and all that mm-hmm. kind of progresses mm-hmm. and you know, you get your, you know, you're I'm assuming you, you know, graduate from high school, kind of get on yep. with life uh, and yep. all that kind of stuff. Um So uh, the the business, the yogic writing, when does that come into play? Because I like, I'm mm-hmm. trying to like, we're going to try to go chronologically as best we can <laughs> over the course yeah. of this episode, because there's more James yeah. Taylor coming, spotlighters right. that's coming. So we're going to talk more about that, but talk <laughs> right, about yogic, right. yogic writing and kind of how yeah. that came
1: to be.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, I became a writer. I mean, I became a writer. So not only did the music of James Taylor, you know, as I say, save my life, but it did so through writing. So I would write about it and I would write about it. And so I did become a writer and I, yes, I graduated high school and then I went to college and then I learned more about writing and I started writing. Um, I started writing for children. I was doing a, um, I wrote a book about adoption, um, after I, I got married, we adopted a child. I wrote a book about adoption. Uh, I wrote a biography about, I did some technical writing. So I just kind of really just fall into the writing world. Um, so that, um, it was kind of a gateway to say writing not only was healing, but it was also something I was loving and I was passionate about and I was good at. Yeah. So I started writing and writing. And, and as I said, I spent many years writing, um, writing about parenting and writing, uh, even books about computers in the early 80s when computers came out. And so I became a, a technical writer. What I couldn't do was write about that deep story, my trauma. I couldn't write about that yeah. because every time I started to, it was like, nope, not going there, yeah. not going there. So instead I would write all of these beautiful stories, as I said, about adopting a child, about parenting, about you know all these great things. But there was still that really deep story hiding that I, I couldn't write. right And, and, and I'm a late bloomer. And, and I, in my forties, I got really depressed and, um, and I had no reason to be depressed. I was teaching, I had beautiful kids. I was writing, you know, everything was great in my life, but this depression just kind of took over. And that does happen with depression. It happens when you're not even sad, yeah. depression and sadness are two different things. And at the core of that was like, what is going on? Why, why am I feeling like there's something that has to break, that I have to break through from? And, right. um, and my daughter, who was a teenager at the time, my oldest daughter, said, Ma, you got to go to yoga. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to yoga. You know, yoga to me was synonymous with the cult that I had been through in my, you know, no, I'm not going to listen to some guru. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. I'm not going to do Eastern philosophy. No, 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 no. Yeah. You know, because to me, it felt like the same. And she's like, no, you got to go to yoga. So I'm like, okay, fine. When your teenager tells you you should do something, you do it, right, as a mom. So I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. So I went to yoga and I'm like, okay, this is just too hard. And then she's like, well, I'll try another one. I went to another one. I'm like, this is weird. Went to another one and just kind of played with it a little bit. And then when Natalie Goldberg, who was one of the writers that I I love, um, was doing a retreat at a yoga center, in, um, in the Berkshires, actually, okay. uh, Kripalu Yoga Center. And I'm like, all right, I'll go to that. That way I'll get a little bit more about yoga, but I love Natalie um, Goldberg's writing. So I went there as a writing retreat And ended up really just doing more yoga. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? So (laughs) the more I signed up
0: for, Natalie. This is
1: not what I signed up for (laughs) yoga, meditation, like what the F, you know? So, as, but as I was doing it and I became more and more involved in it, my writing just like flourished in a way that it had never been before. It had got, it got really deep, it got really authentic. I was writing about things that had happened to me in my teenagehood. I was writing about stuff that I was too afraid to talk about. And I'm like, there is a connection here between yoga and writing. And I got to get deep and figure this shit out because it was strong. And so that's what I did. So then I just went into full-on research mode and said, what is this connection? And started learning about the connections between um, yoga, meditation, mostly meditation, because um, when you say yoga, people think, oh, standing on your heads, you know, and uh, that's not my yoga. Right. That's not my yoga. Yeah, sweating your ass um, off,
0: you know, like no, in no, uncomfortable no, 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 positions. No, no. I can't even touch my toes. So that's not really right, a uh, right, thing right. for me.
1: That, that's not what the yoga thing, you will not see me on the cover of Yoga Journal. That's not what it's
2: about, right?
1: <laughs> so yeah, but it, it, it was the idea of of being, getting in touch with your true self, your your true what is at the core of yourself and getting in touch with it through means like different breath work practices, mindfulness practices, all of these practices that I was learning were actually making my writing just come alive. Yeah. And I'm like, this stuff is amazing. So I started, so I created workshops and, um, and classes and I started teaching this to people and i and people also women like me, mostly women. I mean, I didn't say it was only women, but I was, uh, women were attracted to this more and I started like um, this business that I call yogic writing, which is, um, I say, we write to heal, we write to reveal, we write to leave our legacy. And people go, I have this story and I don't know how to write it because I'm blocked. I can't get through the, the stuckness of it. It's too hard. And so I would work with them in group formats or in retreat formats and, and show them this new way that I, have, that I learned, um, which I call yogic writing. Yeah and that's how that happened
0: yeah so uh, we've talked to one other person that has like a author and helps other Mm -hmm. authors and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm interested to kind of get your take on a similar question that i had asked her a while back um is this like now i I think i know the answer to this but i'm gonna like softball one up for you right now um Mm -hmm. does you talk about like getting in touch with yourself and finding the story that's in you does everybody have a story to share
1: everybody has a story to share. Everybody has multiple stories to share. I mean, there's so many stories to share and, and, and what's interesting is you don't even know. Sometimes I, I think that, you know, part of our, our work, um, just being on this earth is just finding the stories to share. Like you don't even know you might meet somebody and something gets triggered by a conversation you have with them. And you think about something, you go, Oh my God, that happened to me. Or, or that reminds me of, and memories will start flooding, um, just from, from triggers as you move through life. And, and then you find out that that story is really important to someone else. Yeah, And that's why I say, no, everybody has stories to share. Everybody has multiple stories to share. I always get the question of who cares about my story. Exactly. Like, right. So yeah. what, yeah. you know, big like, what, deal. what am it's I going to write about,
0: you know, with that right. people are actually going to read.
1: Exactly. Like, yeah. it's like, who cares? And I, and I always raise my hand, I go, I care, I care. Like You don't know who cares until right. you share your story. You just yeah. don't know.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I belong to a story sharing group here in Newport, um, Rhode Island. I live in Providence, but I used to live in Newport. It's called Born to Rise. And we get together usually about once every other month at a restaurant and we bring in people. Again, we open it to men and women, but 90% of them are women or 95% are women that show up. And they, we share stories. We maybe five or six of them each night and they'll get up and they'll share their story. And, um, and there's always somebody in the audience that just like, they needed to hear it. They're, they needed to hear what that person had to share. Yeah. And they're not always like these deep, intense, you know, I was uh, assaulted. I mean, they're, they're not always like these traumatic stories. Sometimes right. they're just beautiful, light, happy stories. And somebody goes, I needed to hear that today. Yeah. So it's, yeah everybody's got a ton of stories,
0: yeah no i I listen, I one million percent agree now, I've never written a book. I don't know if I mm-hmm. ever would, but I talk to people all the time. I you know do like I feel like this is sharing stories, you know, like we're learning your mm-hmm. story just in a different format, and I go on other podcasts all the time, like you're doing with me, mm-hmm. and I talk mm-hmm. about my stuff too, you know they, right I, I think. I'm relatively interesting, I guess. So other people seem to think so, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where people, they kind of like, they see people writing books and it's like, oh, Barack Obama wrote a book. Like, obviously people are going to read that because Barack Obama, everybody knows who that is, you know, but like Mike Ham, is anybody going to read that? But Mm -hmm. you know, somebody, Mm -hmm. somebody out there could read it and benefit from it. So I think that's, that's awesome. So so, like somebody might say
1: to you, Mike, they would say like, how did you get into this podcasting thing? Like, like, how? What, what's your story of getting to that? Yeah, And you might share that story and somebody w- was like deep inside going, I really want to be able to do this. I really, I can't do this. I could never be a podcast host. You know, I've I never been able to talk to people and they hear your story and they might just go like, Hey, wait a minute. Maybe I can. Yeah. So even just a story of you know how you right. got to whatever it is that you're doing exactly. triggers somebody else and connects us.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And mm-hmm. so so as we kind of progress through this chronological, as best I can, storyline. So love uh, Two thousand. When did you say that you started the Facebook group, the James Taylor? Facebook yeah.
1: Group? That was in 2015. 2015. I started the Facebook group because- We're um, back
0: on James Taylor in case anybody we're missed We're back that. on
1: JT. We're yeah. back on JT. JT. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're back on JT, yeah. So I never stopped throughout my whole, since since my teenagehood. Whenever James was in concert, yeah, I was the first one to get a ticket. And yeah. um, it's funny. I'll just tell you a quick story. The first concert that I went to, I was 17. So I had already been a fan for three years and um, or you know whatever. And he was coming to Newport, Rhode Island, where I was living, where I was going to school. And I didn't have any money. Again, I grew up like with zero money. You know, my mom had four kids to raise and my dad was MIA. So we didn't have money to buy concert tickets. So so a friend of mine who was a, a really good friend of mine, probably my best friend, he said to me, I've got this idea. It's an outdoor concert. Again, this is 1980, maybe 1979, 80, something like that. He said, go get dressed in um, black pants and a white top. I'm bringing food. We're going to be the caterers. So we got dressed as a catering company, me and my friend, 17 years old. And he was, it was a guy. And we dressed like we were the caterers. We we took chicken, potato salad. um, We cooked it. My mom actually helped cook it. And we went to Fort Adams with these trays of chicken and potato salad. We went to right up to the stage, like we right up to the, you know, where they were collecting tickets, like we were supposed to be there. And we're like, "Um, no, we're the catering company. We have the food for the tailors. Where do we go in? And they're like, oh, over there. So we go over there and we go backstage, just walking in like we own the place with chicken and potato salad, walking in. And there it is. There's James, there's Carly. He was married to Carly Simon at the time. He, their, their kids were there. There's all sorts of people. And there we were with chicken and potatoes. And we're like, we put it down. And, you know, and 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 they thought we were the caterers. And they just let us sit back there while they got the chicken. And, you know, and I was cutting up chicken for, you know, James Taylor's daughter, Sally. And I'm just going like, I can't believe I'm here. You know, and my friend. Sean his name was he's like stop you know just just keep acting like you're supposed to be (laughs) there keep cool keep cool and I'm like I'm about to pass out that's James Taylor over there he's like cut the chicken cut the chicken so (laughs) so it's like you know so from that point on it was like every time he would come, I couldn't do the catering thing anymore. Just that was just a once and done. Right. Yeah. You can't, um,
0: you can't try that multiple times. I feel like I at some not point not they're going to be like, wait a minute. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Especially today, the security, right. I tell yeah, that story right. and people go, no way. And I'm like, yeah, what well, today? No way. Yeah. But, um, but I would, I go to as many, as many concerts as, as I can. So the James Taylor thing has always been threaded through. And as I was saying, I meet people at concerts and we share
2: stories. Yeah.
1: So in 2015, when Facebook, I started getting to the Facebook thing and I'm like, you know what? I am not the only one. I want to have a platform here for other people to share their stories. So I created this page called Life with James Taylor because I always say my life is with James Taylor. Um, And I created this page called Life with James Taylor. And sure enough, people are like, oh God, this happened to me, this happened to me. And we were starting sharing stories. And then I started sharing you know, pictures and video clips from concerts and other people did too. And, And it was just kind of this fun side gig that I was having fun with. And now it's about 25,000 people on there. Right. And James Taylor's on tour right now. And people go on and they share um, a clip of, you know, where they saw him and um, or their favorite song. And we talk about when's the first time you heard him. And it's just this big conversation. And there's some great, great stories. So during COVID, when COVID first hit, um, when COVID first hit, I hate that sound of that, when, when the shutdown happened. Right. I was like, you know what, I, again, I was, um, I was really consoled through, he put, James Taylor put out this thing called Songs of Comfort, and he did um, a couple of shows from his living room, and I mean, he's just so wonderful, (laughs) and he did all, I mean, I'm sorry, (laughs) but I'm
2: gushing, so he
1: did all of this, he just did all this wonderful stuff, and I felt really compelled to to share more of the stories. And I had more time because all of my retreats were canceled. All yeah. of my yoga writing retreats were canceled, obviously. And so I started collecting the stories and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to create a book. And I really want to have this book be a collection of some of these beautiful stories that had been shared with me um, as a tribute and as a thank you. And I just felt like this really need for, um, to give James my gratitude along with the 80 people. And there were so many more that contributed their stories to the book. So I, I, I got the stories. I collected the stories. A few are mine. And as I said, there's about 80 contributors. Um, I did the editing of it. I put it together. Um, I worked with a self-publishing company. Um, and you know, and I think the book looks beautiful. My husband took the picture. I'm wearing my famous, my favorite James Taylor hat.
2: Yeah. Um, I I I love the
0: cover personally. It's on the website, lifewithjamestaylor.com. There's the website plug right there. I think it's a great great? cover. The record, the ticket. Is that a ticket? Yeah,
1: ticket. Yeah, that's a ticket at 45 record, which is what I used to buy. Yeah. um, My hat, and that's me on there. And it's funny because the day that this cover, my husband took the picture, and he's not a photographer, but I had for um, the cover, it was going to be a picture of James Taylor reaching out to his fans. And I had to clear the picture with his um, lawyers and with his people. Right. And I had the whole thing ready. And then at the last minute, they said, no, you can't use that picture. Yeah. And even though it was my picture, they didn't want his... Um, they didn't allow that. And I was so pissed. I'm like, damn it. Now what am I going to do? And my husband's like, would you just go, shut up, go get your record, go get your ticket, put your hat on. I'll take a picture. Yeah. So it was that. And I'm like, yeah. all right, I still love you. And I just I stood there it. like, you know, like this little six year old girl going, I love you. Yeah. And and I look at the picture. I'm like, this, it couldn't have been better. So oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. 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 So I love the picture.
0: At some point in that you, you said that mm-hmm. the, the book was kind of like a, a thank you from yeah. you and the fans to James yeah. Taylor. But do you yeah. think that it was also maybe, and again, I'm not in the Facebook group, so this is not, yeah. you know, this is not a softball mm-hmm. question. Um, This is one, one that I'm saying, like, so this is something that started around the start of, like, the shutdowns and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we kind of talked about at the very beginning was you felt very alone at the beginning and Mm -hmm. you found like that connection with James Mm -hmm. Taylor. So there was like we said before, I mean, if you have problems or issues or whatever, sometimes you tend to think that you're the only one with those problems. Then right. you get into this scenario where everybody was dealing with a lot of crazy stuff and, you know, everything that happened yeah. in early 2020. So it is like the thank you also kind of to the people that were sharing the stories and helping everybody, the group get through those early days, those early months, all that kind of stuff.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly what, what, what we did because we did get together and talk about the stories and talk about um, how we were in all in this together and, and as a writer, and not only with the James Taylor, but to kind of bridge that gap again, when that happened in March, when the shutdown happened, I actually created um, a, another Facebook group, a program that I call the Corona Chronicles, and I invited all these people in that I knew. Some from the James Taylor page, some from the students that I'd had. And I said, come on, guys, we all need to get together and write about what we're going through for our own sanity. Yeah. Again, writing writing has been my dose of antidepressant, my dose of healing. And so I brought together a lot of people and we all wrote our stories of it. And every day we give them a prompt. Every day I would give them a writing prompt and we would write about what was going on. Um, either during that time, during what was that going on during the 2020 you know, shutdown period, or um, what was going on that in their family history or in old stories that they're being reminded of. And it was a way of connecting. So we all connected. I had a Facebook group, we would meet on the group, we would share our stories. And again, some people came in from the James Taylor site, some people came in from other places. But it was, it it was just a place where we all knew, I always say, you know, during that time and still today, when you say, how are you, we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, at, at least back then, you know, in, in April, May, June of 2020, we were like, how how you doing? And they knew they, you, they weren't talking about, you know, did you stub your toe? <laughs> they knew you were talking about, yeah. how are you dealing with this? Right. You know, so and and that was kind of the, the gift, I think, of the whole pandemic that we were so connected that we weren't afraid to ask somebody who we didn't even know, Yeah. how you doing? Right. How you doing? Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I think it's just one of those things too, where it's like, you know, here in Jersey, I think Rhode Island's somewhat similar. Everything just mm-hmm. moves like a little bit quicker out here yeah. than it does maybe in other parts of the country, other parts of the world. And I think that like, you just kind of forget that, you know, yeah. you have like, you know, feelings and personality in a a lot of cases. I mean, that's, (laughs) that was my gift. You know, like I learned that like, I could just be myself. Like I don't have to keep putting on the masks and doing all Mm -hmm. these different things and trying to appease a lot of people. I'm just going to like give it to you. And if you don't like it, then whatever, like you're not part Mm -hmm. of the group. Um, that's right. Life
2: is short. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, the other question I had too, is like, you know, we're talking about these stories and, Mm -hmm like, has there been, maybe it's the, the James Taylor side, maybe it's the other Facebook group that you started. Has there been like a story that's just like, you hear it from someone and maybe it was like, maybe one that they were hesitant to share and then they share it. And it's just like, Whoa, like that is amazing. Like how did like Yeah. yeah. Talk to me about that
1: yeah we've had a lot of breakthrough moments, a lot of crying, a lot of moments, and And I still like right now, I lead a couple of um groups that I call from your mat to your memoir, Matt, you know' it was the yoga mat and and I really help people write their life stories. And when they people share stories, there's been a lot of those kind of just you know breakdown moments, breakthrough yeah. moments, breakdown moments because sometimes all it takes is for you to start just to say out loud or to write down something for you to feel relief from it, you know, to let it go. And that's part of the process to just to let it go.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, so yeah, those have been the most meaningful. Those have been the most meaningful. And even in the James Taylor book, um, some people, they would write, they would send me a story and say, um, well, my favorite song, because I always ask them, you know, well, what's your favorite James Taylor song? Or what's your favorite this? And this one woman I remember, she wrote, well, my favorite song, I have one for each of my kids and my daughter is your smiling face and my other daughter is blah, blah, blah. And my son is something in the way she moves. And I'm like, what? Why would that be a song for your son? You yeah. know, something in the way she moves. Because if you know the song, it's, it's really a love song, something in the way she moves. Uh, and not the, the Beatles song, but the James Taylor song. And I'm like, why that? And she goes, well, because he went through a really hard time and that song helped him. I'm like, what did he go through? Well, he was out of that what about the song well da, 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 you know and bit by bit by bit like this whole story came out and she ended up just like crying her eyes out thinking about this horrific um problem that her son was going through this deep deep depression and the only thing that helped him is when she sat next to him and she held his hand and she would and part of the words the lyrics in the song is it's not what you say but the fact that you're saying it i'm i'm bastarding the words but she would say, that's what got to him, that, that piece, that lyric, that was just like, it doesn't matter what you're saying, but the fact that you're here holding my hand, saying something to me. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and so she was writing this and she, the story is in the book and, and it was just something so like bizarre. And she didn't even know how deep and meaningful it was until bit by bit by bit, we started like dissecting it and yeah. dissecting it and dissecting it. And that's when you, and then she felt like, Oh my God, this is so, I feel so much better now because it's out there, you know, it's it's out there and it's free.
0: Yeah. No, that's amazing. You know? And like, I just, so far, like all the stories that we're sharing on this show right now, or this episode in particular are amazing. And this is very interesting to me. Like I, and I didn't really know what we were going to talk about. Like we said before, (laughs) I don't know what we're going to talk about. We're just going to kind of go for it, but this has just been incredible. So people that may be like, you know, uh, outside of like the James Taylor mm-hmm. group or outside of the other Facebook group and some of the other stuff that you do, mm-hmm. we we're talking about like, you know, people having stories and people that, yeah. you know, are maybe like either hesitant or don't really know where to start. Um, mm-hmm. so if there's people out there, cause we have like a lot of young professionals that listen to this show, sure. um, sure. 25 to 35 is my general age range of, of primary mm-hmm. listeners. Um, so if like they have an inkling of maybe trying mm-hmm. to like put pen to paper or start hitting the keys, like what's kind of like the first thing that they need to do? Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. a first thing or is it just kind of like great everybody's question. different?
1: No, I think that's a great question. I, I, I always say, you know, step one is going back to step zero. There's a step zero in writing a book. There's a step zero in writing your story and the step zero. And I think with that with that 25 to 35 year olds, when I talk about meditation, I don't get a lot of pushback from people in that age group. They know it, you know, maybe a lot of people don't meditate on a regular basis, but they know what I'm talking about. Like if I talk about this with an older group, they're like, what are you talking about? So I think it's getting a lot more mainstream. Um, And so the first step I always say in this is really getting grounded. And the best way to get grounded is just a five minute meditation, which can be counting your breath, closing your eyes and counting your breath, one, two, three, four, as you inhale, and making it a little longer as you exhale, one, two, three, four, five, six. And doing that, just simple breath practice with your eyes closed for five minutes or three, if you really can't deal with it, um, to just ground yourself and be in your body and be in your breath before you take pen to paper. And as that grounding begins, and then you can just say, okay, and, and then you said, put your hand on your your keyboard, and that's where I say no. The first thing is literally pen to paper, because you're going from your mind through your body, and the body being pen to paper to the page, and that process—mind, body, page, mind, body, page—is really the first step. And and I start with a prompt. Um, I, I offer people prompts all the time if if they don't know what to write about. But many times when you're just doing that, grindful, grindfulness that grounding meditation and then you come out and you take your pen and you take your on the journal or on a piece of paper and just say what am I feeling like today today I feel and just something that simple today I feel today I want five minutes that's it so you have your five minute grounding meditation your five minute free write so it's only a 10 minute practice and if you do that every day at any time during the day you're teaching yourself You're you're teaching. You're rewiring your brain that I am a writer. Yeah, I am a writer, and that affirmation and doing that grounding writing. I am a writer, and you can even use the prompt. I am a writer today. I'm going to write about. I am a writer today. I feel it doesn't even matter what you're writing, but you're training yourself. You're teaching yourself that you can do this. That you can move from your mind through your body to the page, and you can write. And if you do that for five minutes or ten minutes a day then you go, okay, I want to write a book, or I want to write this story, or I want to write something about what happened to me. After that practice, maybe a week later, you're still doing the practice every day. But at another point in the afternoon, you're going to go, okay, I'm going to write a story. You're your body already knows, oh, click, we're writing. Oh, I get this. I know how to write. Yeah. Let's write the story. Right. So it's, it's kind of a training, just like any training, you know, to, to run or to um, uh, sports training you know whatever the training piece is really important you were a baseball coach right Mike yeah. do I remember that yeah, right yeah yeah good right. research out of you yeah, yeah. I, I remember that when you said because I'm a huge baseball fan but I'm well you're probably a Yankees fan I'm a yeah. Red Sox fan but yeah. <laughs> 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 all right we got that going but anyway anyway we'll, we'll ignore that yeah. for a
0: minute. But, <laughs> good thing we didn't lead but, with that because we would we just end the episode that. 40 right. minutes ago
1: right <laughs> But, but you know the importance of training. Yeah. So you don't just go, okay, guys, we're going to go play a game right now. And you don't just run out and play the game. No, you do the training. And it's right. the same thing with writing. You don't just write a book. You have to train yourself. And that five minutes can lead to 10 minutes, can lead to 15. And then at another point, you say, okay, now I'm going to write because now I've, I've been training and now I can begin to write uh, a story. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of where, that's always where I start with people. I'm like, oh, I have this great story I want to write. I'm like, back up. First, we're going to take some training time, right. and we're going to teach yourself that you are a writer.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. That's a great answer, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm going to try try that. Um, yeah, yeah, do
2: it for a week. See yeah. what happens. And see what
0: happens. Right. The, mm-hmm. the keeping the mm-hmm. eyes closed for five minutes, though, like you know, I don't know that- if you could tell, but I got like a lot of things <laughs> going on. It's a, right. it's like one of those things where like the first couple times I ever tried to like meditate or do something like that, mm-hmm. it's like you shut mm-hmm. your eyes and you and you you know you don't have like a timer or anything, right? And then you're just like. Oh my God, this is going on for forever. And you look and your eyes are right. closed for like 14 seconds and you're
2: just like, what right. the hell? It felt like an hour. <laughs> right, right, You know, but yeah. That's why I
1: tell people to count their breath though, yeah. because you're giving your mind something to do. Something else, right? If, yeah. If you don't give your mind something to do, yeah, you're going to be like thinking about, you know, whatever, yeah. baseball or dinner or, yeah, right. you know, sex, whatever. Yeah. But if you give yourself something to do, you go, okay, we're going to count. We're yeah. going to count four. We're gonna exhale on six, right? And then before you know it, like you're going, oh, okay. You know, your timer might go off, and you're like, oh shit, I was just getting into it. Yeah. And you might, you know, so it, you tr- you have to trick yourself a little bit.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, like
1: re yeah.
0: reprogram. I think you said before, and that's mm-hmm. that's really what mm-hmm. it is. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we get into our last uh question, uh, with our closing segment, I have one more question. Okay. So yeah. as you're a entrepreneur. You are, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously a passionate James Taylor fan. I don't know if we've established that enough over the course of this episode. Um, But Mm -hmm. one of the things that I do always like to talk with my guests about is kind of like looking into the future, right? So if Mm -hmm. there's things that you have on the horizon that you're hoping to accomplish, maybe in like the next year, maybe it's with yogic writing, maybe it's with Mm -hmm. the James Taylor group. I don't know. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. Um, What Mm -hmm. are some things that you're hoping to accomplish next year, Mm -hmm. next two years, some some like a, a shorter term goal?
1: Yeah. I'm in the middle right now of writing um, a book um, on your, on the practice of yogic writing. It's called From Your Map to Your Memoir. And um, I'm about, mm, about halfway through right now. So that's definitely a short-term goal um, that will be done by the beginning of 2022. I can't believe we're in 2022 already. That's seriously but, um, yeah, I know. It's just gone by so fast. So that's definitely a short-term goal. And and uh, the book has nothing to do with James Taylor. It is about this process of writing and about incorporating simple mindfulness, meditation and yoga practices into your writing so that, um, so that you can work through blocks and resistance. So my short-term goal is definitely to finish that book. Um, my yoga, it's, as I said, it's called From Your Mati Memoir. So that's definitely in the, in the short-term horizon. And um, other than that, You know, I, um, I just like to see where, where my husband and I, we have three kids and, um, four grandchildren, and we're just right now trying to decide as funny as it sounds like, are we going to stay in Rhode Island? Are we going to move or what are we going to do? You know, we're kind of playing with that. We're kind of opening up our, because the kids are out of the house. Um, and they all live in different places, three kids, three different States. I try not to take that personally, but we're, you know, but we're, we're going like, maybe, you know, so we're, we're kind of thinking on those things too. So definitely the book yeah. and definitely getting a little bit more clear on what the next decade is going to look like for awesome. us. Awesome.
0: No, I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So let's move the show into our closing segment, which we call Under the Spotlight. Uh, So the spotlighters have been listening to Mike Ham and Rebecca Gold talk for the last 45 minutes. We've been going for 45 minutes. This has been tremendous. And it didn't even feel like that. I just looked down at my little timer over here. And I was like, holy cow, we've been rolling. Um, And we probably could keep going you know, cause I'm learning a whole yeah, bunch of new I keep stuff. Going, and sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but so what would be one thing that you would want the spotlighters, which are my listeners to walk away from this episode with, so you're under the spotlight.
1: Oh my gosh. I knew you were going to ask that because I've right. listened to your show. And first I had, I had two things. First, I had this quote that I love by Maya Angelou. That says there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story, which I I love that because people do have these untold stories. And if you hold them in and you hold them in and you're on your deathbed and you're going, shit, I really wish I would have told that story to leave as my legacy. um, Definitely that is something. But how can I not lead with a quote from James Taylor? I mean, I, mean that, I would be insulted right? if you didn't, honestly. <laughs>
2: <Right. laughs>
1: and out of all of his songs, out of 50 years of performing, I still come back to my favorite song, which is called The Secret of Life. Um, and I'm just going to read the first stanza of the song, because it, to me, that means so much. And I think it would mean to, so much to anybody, regardless of their age. Um, the secret of life is enjoying the passage of time. Any fool can do it. There ain't nothing to it. Nobody knows how we got to the top of the hill. But since we're on our way down, we might as well enjoy the ride. Isn't that great?
2: I love that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So yeah. we're
1: going to enjoy the ride on our way down no matter where you are. And, um, and that, it's just that simple.
0: Yeah. I love it's that. that simple. Yeah. A lo- I, that was awesome. Great. Great. Under the spotlight segment right there. Um, all right. So if people want to learn more about you, mm-hmm. learn more about the books, whether it's life with James Taylor, the upcoming mm-hmm. book from your match, your memoir, or the, uh, any of the other books I'm looking at your website right now, you have a few listed up here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where can they go to learn more?
1: Sure. Um, they can go to lifewithjamestaylor.com. That is mostly about the James Taylor book. Um, on facebook also life with james taylor my facebook page and um, at my website my yogic writing website is yogicwriting.com and it's y-o-g-i-c-w-r-i-t-i-n-g yogicwriting.com you can find me on facebook and instagram rebecca gold um but probably the best place to get me would be at lifewithjamestaylor.com and that connects you to to everything else awesome james Love. taylor connects us yeah so.
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly I, I think you probably did that on purpose like so the the life of james taylor like that you know it's all part of the grander it's, uh it's all part you know, of message. the big picture exactly right oh
1: and by the way mike yeah. like, uh james taylor is a red sox fan so just so you oh, know right. just so you know <laughs> yeah well, now, we'll now you're not gonna like him right well, we're never
0: gonna have him on the show so you know <laughs> <laughs> Not because That's he's funny. too famous for me, but just because right. he's a Red Sox fan. But awesome. So, Rebecca, this was great. Um, so, for the listeners, I'm going to make sure that I put all those links um, that Rebecca okay. just mentioned, her social handles, lifewithjamestaylor.com, yogicwriting.com, all those will be in the show notes. Um, so, if you do want to go check that stuff out, please do um, and reach out to Rebecca. I'm sure she'd love to hear your story for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I will make sure that I put the morningspotlight.com and the morningspotlight at gmail.com, the website and the email address of the show Uh, if for some reason you want to go through me to get to Rebecca be happy to make that connection as well Uh, Rebecca thank you so much for coming on with us today a unique episode for sure uh, but a tremendous one nonetheless so I really appreciate you coming on
1: awesome thank you so much for having me it's been a lot of fun
0: yeah definitely Uh, and the spotlighters thank you for listening and we will catch you next time Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the morning spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.